Section 59 of the United States. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Colleen McMahon. The World's Story, Volume 13, The United States. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 59. Early Business Days in San Francisco, 1849 to 1853 by henry childs merwin two years ago said the alta california in eighteen fifty one trade was a wild unorganized whirl staple goods went furiously up and down in price like wildcat mining stocks there was no telegraph by which supplies could be ordered from the east or inquiries could be answered and several months must elapse before an order sent by mail to new york could be filled a merchant at Valparaiso once paid $20,000 for the information contained in a single letter from San Francisco. Consigners in the East were almost wholly ignorant as to what people needed in California and how goods should be stowed for the long voyage around the Cape. Great quantities of preserved food, it was before the days of canning, were spoiled en route. Coal was shipped in bulk without any ventilating appliances, and it often took fire and destroyed the vessels in which it was carried. One unfortunate woman, the wife of a Cape Cod sea captain, was wrecked thrice in this way, having been transferred from one coal-laden schooner to another, and later to a third, all of which were set on fire by the heating of the coal and burned to the water's edge. In one of these adventures, she was lashed to a chair on deck where she spent five days in a rough sea, with smoke and gas pouring from the ship at every seam. Her final escape was made in a rowboat, which landed at a desolate spot on the coast of Peru. Elaborate gold-washing machines, which proved to be useless, and ready-made houses that nobody wanted, were among the articles shipped to San Francisco. The rate of interest was very high, capital being scarce, and storage in warehouses was both insecure from the great danger of fire, and extremely expensive. It was, therefore, nearly impossible for the merchants to hold their goods for a more favorable market. In July 1849, lumber sold at the enormous rate of $500 a thousand feet, 50 times the New England price. But in the following spring, immense shipments having arrived, it brought scarcely enough to pay the freight bills. Tobacco, which at first sold for $2 a pound, became so plentiful afterward that boxes of it were used for stepping-stones, and in one case, as Bret Hart has related, tobacco actually supplied the foundation for a wooden house. Holes in the sidewalk were stopped with bags of rice or beans, with sacks of coffee, and on one occasion with three barrels of revolvers, the supply far exceeding even the California demand for that article. Potatoes brought $60 a bushel at wholesale in 1849, but were raised so extensively in California the following year that the price fell to nothing, and whole cargoes of these useful vegetables just arrived from the east were dumped into the bay. In some places near San Francisco, it was really feared that a pestilence would result from huge piles of superfluous potatoes that lay rotting on the ground. Salaritus, worth in New York four cents a pound, sold at San Francisco in 1848 for $15 a pound. The menu of a breakfast for two at Sacramento in the same year was as follows. One box of sardines, $16. One pound of hard bread, $2. One pound of butter, $6. One half pound of cheese, $3. Two bottles of ale, $16. Total, $43. 
flour in the mining camps cost four and even five dollars a pound and eggs were two dollars apiece a chicken brought sixteen dollars a revolver one hundred and fifty dollars a stove four hundred dollars laudanum was one dollar a drop brandy twenty dollars a bottle and dried apples fluctuated from five cents to seventy-five cents a pound it is a matter of history that a bilious miner once gave fifteen dollars for a small box of seidlitz powders and at the stanislaus diggings a jar of raisins regarded as a cure for the scurvy then prevailing sold for their weight in gold amounting to four thousand dollars as showing the dependence of california upon the east for supplies it is significant that even so late as eighteen fifty three six thousand tons of hard bread were imported annually from new york wages and prices were high but nobody complained of them there was in fact a disdain of all attempts to cheapen or haggle gold dust poured into san francisco from the launches and schooners which plied on the sacramento river and almost everybody in california seemed to have it in plenty money said a pioneer in a letter written at the end of forty nine is about the most valueless article that a man can have in his possession here as an illustration of the lavish manner in which business was transacted it may be mentioned that the stamp box in the express office of wells fargo and company was a sort of common treasury clerks messengers and drivers dipped into it for change whenever they wanted a lunch or a drink there was nothing secret about this practice and if not sanctioned it was at least winked at by the superior officers huge lumps of gold were exhibited in hotels and gambling houses and the jingling of coins rivaled the scraping of the fiddle as the characteristic music of san francisco the first deposit in the united states mint of gold from california was made on december eighth eighteen forty eight and between that date and may first eighteen fifty there were presented for coinage gold dust and nuggets valued at eleven million four hundred and twenty thousand dollars a lot of land in san francisco rose from fifteen dollars in price to forty thousand dollars in september eighteen fifty bricklayers receiving twelve dollars a day struck for fourteen dollars and obtained the increase the wages of carpenters varied from twelve dollars to twenty dollars a day those who did best in california were as a rule the small traders the mechanics and skilled workmen and the professional men who by resisting the temptation to hunt for gold made money by being useful to the community it may truly be said remarked the san francisco daily herald in eighteen fifty two that california is the only spot in the world where labor is not only on an equality with capital but to a certain extent is superior to it women cooks received one hundred dollars a month and chambermaids and nurses almost as much a resident of san francisco went to the mines for four weeks and came back with a bag of gold dust which he thought would astonish his wife who had remained in the city but meanwhile she had been taking in washing at the rate of twelve dollars a dozen and he was crestfallen to find that her gains were twice as much as his it was cheaper to have one's clothes sent to china or the sandwich islands to be laundered and some thrifty and patient persons took that course a valuable trade sprang up between china and san francisco the solitude became a village and the village a city with startling rapidity in less than a year twelve thousand people gathered at sacramento where there had not been a single soul events and changes followed one another so rapidly that each year formed an epoch by itself in eighteen fifty three men spoke of eighteen forty nine as of a romantic and half-forgotten past end of section fifty nine this recording is in the public domain
Recording by Colleen McMahon.